good. We're recording. Oh man, this is a uh, this is my second in person conversation. Well, they've been through Zoom. Zoom. That's not as personal. Nah, uh, nah. This is a little better. This is better. This is better. I'm here with Craig uh, Nygren. Except yep. right. Except right. It. That's a tough one. That is tough. There's that. Do people get a kick? You know what's that one? N Y U G E N. That's pronounced really weird. You know what I'm talking about? N-G? Yeah, yeah. I don't, that's like music. <laughs> yeah. So yours is a little bit more straightforward. But Craig N. Craig N. So this is fun being on the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm in Yen. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I want to give shout out to Yoga Center. For, yeah, that's where we're at. Where I just got done teaching class, so we just decided to take a couple minutes here and do a little podcast since uh, I was already here and Mike was in the neighborhood. So. Yep. Shout out the Yoga Center. Yeah, let me make sure this is, this is, I think I am rock and rolling. We are rock and rolling. Perfect. I might check every 30 minutes just to make sure it's still recording because this is my first time doing it this way. And uh, you know what? Whatever the sound is, it is. I think it'll be just fine. Um, I can't wait. I the, When I started a podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of because, you know, you're a good speaker. You got a lot of wisdom to you and I gravitated towards you right away with the whole yin thing. I'll I'll tell you the backstory of how, I don't know if I ever even told you exactly what led me to you. My buddy Pete, who was just on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows I'm into the psychedelic stuff and all the plant medicines. Um, Sounds better when you say plant medicine. (laughs) A little more accepting. Yeah, we beep out psychedelic. (laughs) So he's like, dude, there's a guy, because I started doing yoga with Pete, and he knew I was doing my own practice, and he knew I was really into the concepts of yoga, the idea of balancing the self, the the physical and mind connection. I could go and list things forever, but you get the idea. I, I knew these ideas I was toying with. I'd been a strength coach my whole life. I do martial arts. I learned some about Tai Chi, all these overlapping things. And I just started realizing that yoga kind of encapsulates everything. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of what we're always doing, right? And I was talking to Pete. He goes, you need to meet this guy, Greg. You. And, and he, goes, he goes, dude, he talks about he's been on ayahuasca ceremonies. And I, I looked at you on Facebook, I think, and I saw you had this long post about you know, the healing powers of all that kind of stuff. And and Pete also said that yin yoga was what he thought was probably the most obviously transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it got me interested in yin. Well, fast forward, I was talking to a girl who, who taught here. We we're like really dating, but we were, you know, we were hanging out and I started coming here. I had already been here because I had an ex-girlfriend that goes here, but then we had to get on all that. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm taking class here and I'm like, oh my God, that's that guy, Greg. And I knew you were doing something else somewhere else. Now you're just at Yoga Center. Right. And this was all pre-COVID. I knew you were somewhere in like, where it doesn't matter now. Um, but I was like, that's perfect. And I had asked the girl I was talking to, asked her friend, I met... Alexis hanging out with you and next thing you know everyone's like yeah you gotta take this guy's class and I had already been following you on Instagram we already kind of knew each other through mm-hmm. that way come in I take it in class it was in this very room it was a Thursday, Thursday night, night. Yeah. it was a Thursday night we had a conversation hit it off right away I loved class and from the beginning I knew that yin was something I wanted to settle into I think we should start with talking about yin. Well, I want to thank you for making me feel like a superhero. Like, I feel like a superhero right now. Dude. You just described everything. It was, it's, 
It's cool. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a good balance because yeah. I'm an overthinker and you put me as well. But you have come to be able to put things pretty simply when it comes to a lot of the yoga simple stuff. is the only way. Only yeah. way. Yeah. Simple. That doesn't mean that my mind doesn't go, but simple is the only way through life. Anything else complicated, we're making that up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it takes a lot of complication to get to the simplicity or like the, the well, to stand firmly on it, but you thought a lot about it. Society is complicated. Mm -hmm. Everything in society is made to be complicated. I don't believe it's by accident. I think it's it's made to be complicated, but yeah. we need to get back to being simple, simple things, simple food, simple relationships, simple societies. That's what we need. But, simple relationships. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go anywhere with that. No. I don't mean just like romantic We won't get the end. I don't mean just romantic relationships. I but I will say that I'm, I'm in a relationship right now that is very simple. Yeah. Never had a simple relationship in 58 years. But uh, anyway, so. You have to teach me about that. I know, no, no, you got you to just get your ass kicked however many times before you, uh, you figure it out. All right, yeah. It, let's just say somebody who knows yoga, um, it actually might be a little bit more like what somebody who's never done yoga thinks about it. Although a lot of popular yoga mm -hmm. is like, um, and I, I take all styles of yoga. I'm here all, every class I can take. I love it all. Mm -hmm. But it's some people prefer to it as like power yoga, non-yin, right? So yeah, like, heated, you know, power. Yang to, being active and forceful, right? Using your muscles. Yin meaning take your muscles out of the equation, deep, rest deep into the connective tissues. Yeah. So which where in the connective tissues is where we hold a lot of our unprocessed traumas and you know, letdowns and hurts and it's all our body records everything. Our body knows everything. What our mind forgets, our body remembers. So it's all stored in our bodies. So in the tissues of our body. So, you know, in a yin, it's a, it's a slow, deep release. You might have some emotional release as you get deep into the connective tissues. Um, but it's also, you know, physically, it's a, it's a very stretching, very uh, liberating practice, and you can't get it wrong. So if you come for the emotional release, you're gonna get the physical. If you come for the, uh, the physical, you're gonna get the emotional. It's just, say so you can't get it wrong. You just do it, everybody does. There aren't things, it's just a deep, long holds that allow you to turn inside. You know, when you're in that posture and you're holding a posture or a pose for five minutes, a lot of things go through your head. You want to get out, one thing. You want to stop it. You want to get out of the pose. But to be able to sink in and breathe your way through that discomfort, is uh, that's what a goal is. That's, yeah. that's the power of it, yeah. As I've gotten better at yin, I've realized, like, one of the good litmus tests as to whether or not you're doing it is whether or not it's getting harder and harder to spend time in it or if it's getting easier right. and easier to spend time in yeah. it. Well, you, you know? you've, you've jumped right in. You're, you're, you're right there. You know? When I started, it was harder. Yeah. I, like, couldn't stop moving. It was right. like, how do you just not, like, God, it's insane. There's once so much tension. It, once you understand it and you get into a posture, you can basically just automatically release and get there. Yeah. You can just soften your body and get there. Where, you know, if you're not familiar with it, 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 it does take some time. Because think about it, in life, when are we ever able to or allowed to settle down and to yeah. relax? That's like non-productive. That's, 
you know, that's not the way our society has groomed us to be. So, you know, when you're taking a practice that pushes for you to relax, like, huh? Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know how to do that, right? So it's it's a little foreign to a lot of people, but it's it's just wonderful. You know? Something you touch on that I think is fascinating is you bring up how it's whether you're there for the physical or you're there for the spiritual, right? Or whatever you're there for, you're going to get it all. You get it all. Yeah. You get it all. It's all one piece. And I'm sure people that come to my class are there for the physical. You know, they're coming for that. Maybe they run. Maybe they weight train. And they want to they want to get deep stretches to you know to get into those connected tissues, not necessarily for the release, but just the stretch. Yeah. But if you're there for that, you're going to get the other, and vice versa. You, you it's just the way it is. It's, yeah. And and uh, at first, it's really hard to if you got a lot of muscular tension, like a lot of men, it's hard to get into that yes. place where you feel like you're at the connective tissue. I think men could really use. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Like I used to teach in the gym and I would walk around the gym saying, Hey man, you need to come to my class. Like you need to come to my class. Cause everybody's all jacked up. And I remember the first class was like 30 people in there and I was in pigeon pose. And I looked around. I was like, Whoa, like people were jacked. Like they couldn't even get their hip even close to the ground, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely for people that are physically active. It's the perfect balance. Yeah. Yeah. So since I've started taking it, and this is a common thing, like you say you kind of find an intensity that might be about a six mm -hmm. and then drop it down a little, drop it down a little. You learn how to take a six down to like a three or a six down to a four. And then you can make the choice then whether you want to stay at that two or three or whether you want to drop that a little deeper, come back up to a six or seven. And then allow that to settle, maybe work your way back up, or you just settle down and you, you just you stay at a one or two the whole time. It doesn't really matter. Did did yin attract you to things like the ayahuasca, or did ayahuasca attract you to things like yin? Mm, I don't know that either one attracted me to the other, but I did do ayahuasca. Actually, when I was in Peru my first time, that is where I, my first ever yoga class in this open building that was about 150 degrees in the jungle. And that's where I did my first yoga class. And then when I came back from that trip, I started taking classes regularly. You know, regular, not yin, just right. regular vinyasa flows. Yeah. And then um, here at Yoga Centric, I don't even believe I was teaching here yet. I wasn't. I was doing my own thing. Um, I took a workshop, a yin workshop. And I just... I said, this is, this is it. This is, this is what we all should be doing right here. You know, yeah. not only for the physical, uh, release, but also the mental release. You know? It's connected. I, I think for me, and, and this is just me talking experiential. I don't know the science behind it, but I do think that whatever you're holding on to physically is connected to something mental. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when, when, when you're stressed in a situation, you immediately tense up, mm -hmm. right? Even a poker player can't hold back their emotions of having a hand or mm -hmm. bluffing, right? Well, imagine that time you're talking about where you tense up. You've got to remember that. That's where Stay it's recorded. There. That's where it's, 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 it's in and it's not going away. So that's yeah. where, like, if you have something very traumatic, you know, you know, loss of someone's close to you or a divorce or whatever that is. Um, 
or maybe you were a child and you didn't get the attention from your parents that a child needs. You know, you don't know how to process that at three yeah. years old, but you, you record, everything's recorded and that's where that all comes from, I believe. Do you get a lot of people who talk about stuff like that coming out during the end? Have you had much oh, of that yet? Uh, I wouldn't say regularly, but um, I've had quite a few people come to me after class and say Doran Shavasana or Doran Pigeon, they just started crying. And uh, like that's, that's the biggest compliment I can get as a yeah. teacher is that they were able to relax that much and release to bring tears, tears, you know, crying is the, the, the best purge of all, you know, it's, it's the most efficient to get that stuff out. So, yeah, I mean, not, it's not regularly, but, um, you know, quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely had some things that are clearly linked, but it's not so obvious. Like the most traumatic things that I can think of are not the things that like are stuck inside me as much. Like things that come out of me when I'm in the middle of a class, when I'm deep in a position, it might just be like, whoa, you're a lot like your dad, boom, you know? And then like, like you, you sink in deeper right, and it's right. like, what the hell, man? You, Where did that come from, right? Because I did the gongs last. So Greg also does the gongs. Gong meditation. Sir. Gong meditation. I did one last night. Yeah. That was perfect timing to be able to make the one last night. Mike is the only guy that when we do a gong meditation, he comes to him pretty regularly that before I even strike the gong the first time, he's in the corner in a position where I know he's deep, he's gone. Wherever he is, <laughs> he's gone. He don't even need the gong. So he's, he's ready and, re and prepared to go on from there. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I looked over last night at the end, he's laying on his back with one of these big orange bolsters like this and his head's on a block or something. Just hugging the bolster, and I was just like, I was like, that's that's great, that's great. Yeah. I don't know where you were, but it looked it looked like you were someplace pretty cool. Last night, I just, uh, you know, I I thought about a lot of things that I didn't consciously think about them. It's it's not like yeah. what would cross if I was sitting at the NBA waiting to go up. It's not the same stuff I would right. think about as I'm sitting in a gong. You know, I had the revelation that we don't spend a lot of time awake with our eyes closed. No. And yin and the gongs, you spend a lot of time awake with your eyes closed. They do both, yeah. So I was thinking that that's, that's big, because if your eyes are closed and you're awake, a lot of times you're pissed off that you're not asleep. You're in your bed well, at night, you know? And, yeah, and that's a good point, because you know, during class, you know, classes are pretty large, not, not the gongs, but yin. You know, I encourage the students to close their eyes. So I'll walk around and you know, I might get a handful out of the class that eyes are wide open. Like it's, it's not comforting for them to close their eyes because when you do close your eyes, you have to just spend some time with yourself. And yeah. a lot of times that's not the easiest thing. And that's not a judgment. Everybody's at their own place on their own little journey. But, um, you know, Indian and the gongs, you know, you're, you're spending that time with yourself on your mat and that's it. It's just you your mind, that's it. So you have to, whatever comes up, you just have to get through it. Yeah. I did a podcast just with my buddy Pete about yoga and we didn't really talk about much about classroom setting. I didn't watch that. The idea of like a, somebody that can lead you through, it was more like kind of like personal practice and the stuff like kind of outside of the mm -hmm. classroom. We didn't spend much time talking about 
how important it is for the average person maybe to have somebody that's gone through that experience or has taken it, who understands it. Because a lot of these people don't do yoga outside of here. Mm -hmm. This is their only place of practice. Right. You know, I'm a, I'm a different person where I was doing it before jujitsu, after jujitsu, nights before bed. I, I was practicing on my own. Right. But the average person, they don't have time to do it. And then also, you kind of have to be inspired. Like, it's easy for me to say, oh, just think about balancing yourself and unwinding. But what's the average person going to do with that? Right. But, but it's like your job to kind of take them on this journey and show them the possibilities. You go over these concepts. You go over these ideas like, hey, there's no wrong way to do it. There's no that you kind of say these things. And over time, then they can have the wisdom or draw from it. And it is interesting. There is no matter how much solo stuff I do. I would never do this on my own. I would mm -hmm. never do the yin class on my own. That would be tough. Like I do it regularly on my own. Phew. Um, but you know what you said. I mean, I feel like my class, my yin class, is about twenty five percent, twenty percent yoga. Yeah. The rest is just connection to people and help allowing them, giving them a space to feel safe to practice. Because if you have people coming in to do a practice that there's maybe a you know, possibility of an emotional release, they would have to feel safe first before that would even happen. Right. So, um, you know, I, I call like my gong, I call it a gong ceremony. I call, actually my class, my yin classes, I, I consider it a ceremony. We start in the beginning, we all go through a journey, individually and collectively, and at the end, we we, uh, we come out of the journey. So it's, it's a journey and uh, yeah. nobody knows where you're going, it just, it just takes you wherever. Yeah. It, it, that's a good point, man. There's something about the personal connection because I, I mean, sometimes you start off and you're taking an instructor's class and you don't know them. So I'm a critical person. So my first time taking somebody's class, I might not like have connected to them on a personal level yet. So it's hard for me to get past certain things that maybe, because I am that person. Right. When I was in school, I was judging the teachers. I was like, I could, I would say it this way. <laughs> I would have done it this way. I mean, from as young as I can remember, I could see through teachers. I don't know, dude. It's annoying. You know, nobody likes that. No. Nobody likes to hear that. But you're right on. I think most people are like that. Yeah. So, but then I realize if I connect with somebody, I don't care if it's their first day guiding me through a yoga practice. The fact that we're all here together connecting mm -hmm. and we have a respect and some sort of thing. It doesn't matter if you forget left and right. No, right. It doesn't matter if it's the cue that I would choose or whatever. And then, you know, you, most yoga instructors do a good job of saying, do what feels right. Don't do things that, there's a lot of like safety parameters. So you don't get accidentally cued into hurting yourself. Right. If somebody tells you an option, you still know to not do things that feel like extreme pain. Right. And exactly. you can, so there are a lot of interesting uh, parameters and it's it's very important. This classroom setting is very interesting. And I had done years of my own yoga practice with only doing a few classes. So it's so, I've taken my yoga game way up mm -hmm. having it. And you learn something from each person, you connect on people in a different way. And you almost feel like you're more like them. When you take a class with a certain mm -hmm. person, you kind of that, at least maybe because I have like just weird like empathy or whatever, you embody that person a little bit. Um, 
So it's not even about like needing to be the guru of all gurus. It's not. No, I think it's a lot has to do with community. And when you're in a class setting, you have that community. Everybody's in it together. And you know, whether you realize it or not, everybody's sharing themselves in that practice. Um, so whatever they're thinking, whatever they're feeling, it's not just, it doesn't just stop at them. It's that room is full of everybody's feelings and emotions and love. Yeah. Right? So when we get to the end, it's like the, you know, the plane's landing, landing gears down, we're landing and everybody's like, man, that was nice. And, and honestly, it's much like an ayahuasca ceremony. Same thing. You yes. Know? You know, it's, uh, it's, you, you go up and down, you find your ups and downs throughout the journey. And then when it's over, you're like, yeah. How did I make it through that? Yeah. So ayahuasca, um, and we'll probably touch more on yin and stuff. But I want yeah. while you mention it, let's let's. It's interesting for me because I am probably as experienced as you will ever meet somebody when it comes to DMT, the active ingredient right. or the active thing in ayahuasca. Which I have no experience with just DMT. But I've never done ayahuasca. Right. I've never done the traditional brew, and it's kind of like, you know, you can smoke pot, you can eat an edible. Yeah. You can, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It is different. Um, the, the immediate peak might not be as extreme depending on whatever, but the ayahuasca, a lot of people say is like such an individual, just such a journey. It is going. a journey. Yes. It's, it's probably way more tremendous than the average, say, like mushroom journey mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, it's the top of the mountain. It's the top of the mountain. Yeah. I describe it like you have this iceberg of plant medicines. And at the way peak, people who've taken weed far enough probably realize that there is something almost supernatural or heightened or um, mystical about pot, the places mm -hmm. it can open your mind to, right. the creativity that can come from it, it feels outside of yourself, right? Then you have like the chunk, which is like the LSD and the mushroom people and, and maybe like the, the cactuses and all that. But at the base, like what it really is to me, like mm -hmm. what all that stuff kind of hints at, it's pointing, <laughs> they're pointing down the iceberg. That's what I would imagine the ayahuasca, the DMT. Um, and before I ask you kind of what it's like to go on the ayahuasca thing, for people who don't know, I mean, I believe that DMT is our lifeline. We, it is in us, in us. Yeah. and we produce it, we know what to do with it. And it, it, it regulates levels of consciousness. And, and this is this level of DMT. And there are other levels of DMT. Right. And, and you may not know this, but mushrooms actually convert into to a form of DMT in the bloodstream. Not a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult because your body's <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. This is hard to digest, like typical mushrooms. And it's like, it's not the same thing. But if you eat enough of them, it'll right. scratch the surface of the ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. So it has, you went to Peru. Yes. Peru is the Mecca of Quite ayahuasca. Quite a few times, yeah. Yeah. That is like the motherland of ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. It's where they say that the plants told them yes. how to mix the ayahuasca with the whatever. And next thing you know, they're brewing it. And then now they're getting taught tenfold yeah. of things. You know, that seems like not light. That's lightweight compared to what you actually get taught once you take the stuff, you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's why <laughs> they're called plant medicines yeah. or a plant teacher, right? So 
you're, you know, basically in South America, not just Peru, but Peru is where the Shipibos are, you know, in the jungle. And that's where I went, the Shipibo tribe. So, you know, they've been doing it for however long, hundreds of years, maybe thousands, I don't know. But so even the shamans, you know, when you do a ceremony, an ayahuasca ceremony, it is a ceremony. It's a spiritual, you're looking for some spiritual guidance in some way, some part of your life. It's not a party. It's actually, if anybody that goes to Peru looking for a party, they're going to be very disappointed in what they find. But, you know, the shamans themselves, they, when they're becoming shamans, they spend months, six months, a year, whatever, in isolation, drinking the ayahuasca. And that's when the plant spirits come to them. And during ceremony, the shamans sing ikados, which are their own personal songs given to them by the plants. Yeah. And just real fast, while we're talking about ikro, when you're in ceremony and, you know, like the gongs, you start playing them very erratically, you lift it, it takes you up, right? And then you slow down, it brings you down. Well, the ikaros do the same thing. When you're in ceremony and the shaman starts singing, it's like a blast off to the moon. And then you're up there and you're like, can you stop? Can you stop? Can you stop? And then when they stop singing, it just brings you. Now, you're not telling them personally, you're saying it in your mind. Right. It's a it's pretty, pretty powerful, uh, very, very intense. So, you know, the songs they get from the plants, they sing during ceremony, which has a direct effect on where you go in your journey. That is, uh, I can kind of relate. I've heard music. If you're, you don't have music on and you, you are plopped into a DMT experience, there is something. Right. But I don't think I've ever been able to like replicate it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I know it when I hear it and I know that's what it is. Right. But I kind of forget it. It has that effect on you, you're saying. I know I've, oh, this is that music. This is that sound again. I'm in that place. Okay, gotcha. I'm like, oh, this again. Right. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, right, wah, exactly. Wah, wah, yeah. wah, wah, wah. You know, this is why why you're doing <laughs> DMT. Your own DMT, yeah. yeah. Now I'll tell you this though: you come to the Casa de Turp and do some DMT. It is a party. <laughs> <laughs> That's the energy this shaman brings. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And people, I mean, it is intense, right? It's uh, you know, it can go from six to eight the last time i went i was into medicine probably 10 hours and uh it can be uh you know it, it's it's a long road when you when you drink when you go up to the shaman to receive your ayahuasca in the maloka maloka is a round building ceremonial building where you drink uh where you, where you do ceremony when you go up and drink and you go back to your mattress and you sit on your mattress waiting for the the ayahuasca to start taking effect. It's like, you know, maybe a half hour, but that half hour is the longest half hour of your life is you are petrified. Yeah. Cause you don't know where you're going to go, where it's going to take you, um, and how you're going to get there. So, you know, most of the, I, I've sat for 18 ceremonies. I'd say 12 of those 18 were extremely heavy, dark, painful, um, yucky just sticky but I, I kept going back 
because I just feel like uh, I was called to do that. And my last time down two years ago, I got everything I needed. Uh, everything led up to that uh, that trip down there. I did two ceremonies and uh, I was shown my heart after all the armor was ripped off in, you know, in my mind during ceremony. Um, I was shown it was just a little green light. And the message I got was that uh, you know, if you don't use that, it's gonna go out. So that's that's why I went. Every time I would go before you have a ceremony, you, you kind of tell the shaman your intention. Mine never changed. It was always uh, self-love, always, every time, always. And uh, so that's what I got at the end. Um, I was showing my heart. Well, can't get any better than that, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That uh, I'm going to double check on this. I want to ask you questions yeah. about specifics about the journey. Sure. Um, we are good. We're still recording. I'm going to bring this a little closer. We are 28 minutes in. I'm bringing it closer just in case it sounds a little better. But I think we're um, so like a lot of people immediately are going to ask, and it's so much more than that, but like visually, mm. do you get a lot? Did you get a lot of like, did you see typical things like snakes or eyes or? That depends on the person. I didn't see, I didn't have a whole lot of visual. Yeah. Mine was probably 85% emotion I felt everything which I think I'd rather see shit than yeah no shit right but um, I mean but there are people that you know there's been guys because you know when you go there's 18 to 20 people for that week or two weeks however you go however long you go or in the Maloka and you, you guys do ceremony together so they're from all over the world so everybody comes in for this purpose and I believe every individual that found their way to Peru was called there um, and now Everybody's going back to their cities, countries, whatever, and uh, they're all just a, another candle lit. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe that's why uh, everyone has been called, and everyone has done it, has been called, and uh, I believe there's a reason. I mean, look around right now. You know, it's time to it's time to wake up. Yeah. And let your heart shine. I, I think that people assume that the revelation is this, oh my God, I saw this stuff I could never imagine. And uh, I've gotten a lot of that. But the most important things are the messages like what you got, like being shown your heart, like feeling these things oh, come yeah, up. Yeah. That is what you can take and really never it's tangible. Right. It's tangible. Seeing something's cool. I can say I saw shapes like I've never seen before. I can say I saw beings, mm -hmm. aliens, but what is that really? Right. But it's the lessons and the feelings and the relationship with yourself. And I do, I believe I've been told multiple times, like, hey, remember, set an intention. Mm -hmm. Let me know what you want. What do you want out of this? You just want to see crazy things, well, you know? I'm kind of like the op, like when um, being like, so I trust the medicine, I trust yeah. the universe. So my intention was always show me what I need to see. Yeah. That's it. That could be an intention. Though. That is my intention. Yeah. Right? Like nothing specific. And all everyone has been um, self love. And, you know, you know better than me. Show me what I need to know. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, uh, that that's that's it's cool that you came in with this is my goal and then boom you got that out of it and now for the rest of your life people don't yeah. understand what that's like right. it's like you are you have been put on a damn mission 
And I'm not saying, you know, that was in 2015, my first ceremony, my first time down. Um, now, I'm going to say that that just, that just cracked the door. Like, you don't go to Peru and do ayahuasca and you come out and you're like, oh, man, I'm God. No, no, I've experienced what God, what I feel God is when I was in Peru, you know, in the medicine. But the last seven years of my life have been the most emotional, uh, tumultuous years. It's, it's been a, a, a time of release. Um, so that's what it opened up. You know, yeah. it's not like I walk around with, you know, on cloud nine with, you know, hey, I love you, I love you. No, it's, it's more like you spend yeah. a lot of time by yourself and you spend a lot of time. Screw you, jerk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you got to, once in a while, yeah, yeah, why not, right? But, you know, it's a lot of, uh, it just opens you up. And, you know, my theory is you cannot hold love unless you first empty all the crap you have in you. Whether it was, you know, put there through you know, society, your parents, your brothers, sister, whatever. We all hold that stuff that I talked about earlier in our bodies. So until that stuff, until you empty the vessel, you can't, you can't hold any love. So when I, you know, see people going around and, uh, you know, spirituality and, 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 you know, not afraid to say bad things because they, they might get punished. No, no, it's, it's all bullshit. You, know, yeah. you have to clear, and sometimes clearing that might make you look like an angry person. Oh, yeah, wow. you know, there's there's no judgment there, but you have to empty the vessel before you can fill it back up. It's honest though; too. <clears throat> it puts you in it like yes. like you're living your life through the an honest thing. It doesn't mean every time you're frustrated with something, it means that it's so right and that that, that right. person's definitively wrong or whatever. But it's an important part of your individual sure. piece on this place is to be honest with the situation well and collectively honesty is powerful yeah well just think about like the the, the person that uh, feels anger or disappointment and just keeps it inside doesn't doesn't let it out well there are ones are going to come to my yin class for the release yeah. you know but you know just just to express now i'm not saying to express in in a vulgar way and to put people down Although maybe sometimes that happens, but I also believe that no matter what anyone says to you, it's up to you to process that and handle it. Because if you are triggered by what anybody, I don't care what anybody says about you, it could be the worst thing. If you are triggered by that, you need to fix why you were triggered by that. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's your fault that you reacted that way. So that's where the work is. Nobody wants to do that work. That's individual work and that's, it's painful. And then you have to approach the ego and you have to say, wait a minute, you, this, you're wrong. Huh? Ego is wrong. You'll, you'll, you'll get smashed. But that's yeah. what it takes. You know, it's about just undressing and becoming naked. Yeah. That's what I really think that yin and the gongs and the, the plant medicine, but you know what? And look, I am literally, I sign my John Hancock to DMT. I tell people if there's one thing I trust in, it's what I am. And I am DMT. Right. I don't know any other <laughs> I don't. It's what I literally think That's everything good. is. Good for you. You know, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I have amnesia in this state and I've forgotten DMT and that's what the hell I really right. You need Honestly. to be there all the time, right? Yeah, that's what that's... Well, I just kind of feel like that's the pure, like, like it's the... I already am on some level of it. This right. is DMT. But that's you know? your norm. That's but where... I just think that 
that, that the idea of whatever that is, it is everything and anything, and it is so much more. And it could be like life, it could be the infinite, it could be God, it could be spirituality, it could be other dimensions. So I just kind of think that at the grandest scale, DMT is like some, like Yogi say breath is your lifeline. Right. I would say that like, I would put DMT on a level of like, it, whether or not you know it, you are operating on a level of it and it is just like you are your level of testosterone and your level of neuroepinephrine and all these things. You are definitively your level of DMT. And if, it's like a hypnotist might try to play off of your theta brain waves or your this, but a shaman or a they can play off of your DMT. Right. And when you're in these deeper states of, of yin and the gongs, it's not that it takes you to the place you go when you smoke DMT, because I say all that to say that I think that is an impure, I think smoking DMT, despite the fact that I signed my name to it, I think that is an artificial taste of what is possible and what is real. It's not artificial in the sense that I think that the lessons are wrong or that it's not kind of real, but I think you need to find that stuff within yourself. And, and that yin, right on. Yeah. yin brings a more personal, real side of it out. The gongs can bring a more real, like what are you applying that that experience transcends being messed up on the drug? Right. And now, it, it has to be, we need to get to it being organic. Organic. So, you know, same with me with going to Peru. I don't go to Peru to escape here. Yeah. I go to Peru to gain more knowledge, but then to integrate when I come back. So yeah. Integration. You, you hit it right Boom. on. When you can take those lessons and apply them to your life without any substance going in your body, that's that's the key. In my life, it's how can I integrate this stuff, right? So like you could even take something like MDMA, which is mm -hmm. like the, the street drug ecstasy, but it's not really MDMA 90 something percent of the time. So I'm not saying go out and find an ecstasy dealer. But they give it clinically to people mm -hmm. who, and what happens is this person who hasn't felt euphoric, they haven't felt positivity, they haven't opened up to where they can let things out of them that they've felt so negative, they can actually have positive associations, light associations, euphoric associations with trauma, mm -hmm. with yeah. their history. And it all just wow. kind of comes out, right? And then for the rest of their life, it's about whether or not they try to apply that, whether or not they try to embody that, to know that they can be that way and not rely on the drug. Right. Because your sober state, you at the most internal strip to the core, that is the part that needs to apply the lessons, I think, from medicines. Now you're right on, absolutely, 100%. So for the rest of your life, you are, you flick dominoes in Peru and you're still taking it and running with it. Yeah, and, and the integration, especially from you know something as extreme as ayahuasca uh, experience, um, it's it's very difficult to integrate. Yeah. When I first my first week back in 2015, when I went, when I came back, I took a month off work because I I couldn't I couldn't function in whatever the, you know this society with experiencing what I just experienced what is, I believe, to be real reality. Right. And you're coming back to this, I say, fake existence. And how do you, how do you 
live in that, function in that. So it's uh, it's all about integration. Now later on, you know, my last time I went, I came back, that's fine. You know, right. it's just that first initial integration, I think is the most important, but yeah, you need to get, we need to uh, look at ways to get to that state organically. Like you yeah. said. And you can get, I think that if there was a way to get it out of a yoga sort of thing, it is that just don't think that you need to suddenly if your knees hit the ground on a butterfly or like, you know what I mean? Or, or your heels hit the ground on a downward dog, you figured it out. <laughs> right. That now you are that person you've always hoped to be. Well, then you just, you just blew. You better start all over again. You don't you, work your way yeah. through because that's, you know, obviously that's not. I, I use, I actually mentioned this a little in the last podcast, but I like looking at them dudes, street performers, and they stay in one position and they're mm -hmm. zen. They don't care about the angles. Right. They don't care yeah. to be perfect, but they're balanced. They're serene. That's... They're deep within themselves. It's all a posture. That's interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's all a posture. Right. Yeah. If, if I'm breathing a certain way right now and I'm feeling a certain way and I'm sensing from a certain way and I'm carrying a certain awareness, it's, it's to me, it's the real form of yoga. Mm -hmm. When do you stop doing it? You only learn to do more and more of it. Right. And this is the thing that I think that the plant medicines really showed me that other parts of my life show me, you know, whether it's being a martial artist, whether it's being a coach or a guide for others, because I've been a coach my whole life. Mm -hmm. Now, when you do that, you're shaking hands with a higher moral inner code. Maybe when you have, when you become a parent, when you do these things, but I think ayahuasca, the, the DMT, all that spirituality, you now know of something greater that if you become a angry drunk that yells at your, your girlfriend and is, you know, dismisses this and, and becomes destructive, you now feel the brevity more. I love your wisdom because you, you are right <laughs> on that. You're right on. You're you made right a on. deal with something. It's almost like, yes, you did. You made that deal. And uh, you know, whether you realize that or not, you did. Yeah. And so you can't, it, I can't say, I won't say you can't, but it's hard for that moral compass to then go the other direction because what you've just experienced is God. And, you know, once you experience God, you want nothing but God. That, that's it. Yes. It's not like you want to, now I need to be a good person now. No, it's not like that. It's like, no, now I'm drawn to this and I know this is real. I know it in my heart, in my soul, this is real. That's where I want to go. So it's not, it feels so real, so authentic, uh, so much like this is what life is supposed to be like, right? And to turn the other way, you know, it's not even in your mind anymore. It just, it changes you that way. Yeah, I, I, that is, that is very, very spot on. It's like, yeah, you, you get in touch with that, you become it or you, you make a deal with it and you just want that, that yeah. higher level. Yeah. And the second you succumb to turning away from it, not only are you less, you know that like it's watching. Right. It <laughs> and it's deep within inside of all of us. Yes, you already knew a lot of these things that, that are being taught to you. Well, you that's stuff deep down. That stuff, your DMT and the ayahuasca and mushrooms, even weed. You know, weed done in a in a proper setting is acceptable. You know, I think yeah. weed done every day, you know, to escape rather than to learn. Um, it's not the way. But um, 
Yeah. What was I going to say? Uh, you were just saying that that the way to learn from these things or to to get a taste of that that uh, so, to that next level. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. What I was going to say is that just I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's like you know you you uh, you see what's pure and you you cannot deny that on a soul level on a heart level. Like when you feel that when you feel that presence of whether you call it God or the universe or whatever and you know because you feel it you know that's real like it, it it's not a uh, it's not an accident that you were drawn to that yeah right? but it's there's there could be some fakeness in all that as well when you know the the spiritual community says oh I, you know I can't do that because they said this is bad or I can't do this because this is bad that's that's being inauthentic to yourself spirituality exists within you yes so it, yeah just because they say this or that you know i'm a i'm a vegan now nothing against vegans i'm a vegan because that's what we're that's the way it's supposed to be well right you know that's cool but it's not it's inauthentic unless you're following that that light and you feel in your heart that eating an animal is bad right that's authentic okay so um, you know, we have to we have to be authentic and not inauthentic. And you know, I don't know what in the world is authentic or inauthentic. I just know what I feel and what I'm drawn to. And that doesn't yeah. mean that everything I'm drawn to is is right. It's right for me, right? Yeah. And that's where you use your own discernment and you you accept people for who and what they are. Who cares? Who cares? I I think that. I would like to believe that most, no, I would like to believe that everybody deep down knows that their compulsions that are negative are negative and that they hurt and harm other people and that they're destructive for others. Mm -hmm. And they, they know the difference between a positive effect, a negative effect, toxicity, not, and they know that there's this deep inside person that knows what's right. Mm -hmm. And I think that you could look at people who are damaged and want to do weird, sick and twisted shit. But I do think that if they connected with their most inner spirit, that they would know better. I believe that. Yep. And they don't think that they should prey on others, weak people, you know, take advantage, do all that. That they just are uh, an addict or or. or whatever there's not a healthy balance going on and they don't have a healthy relationship with themselves and I think about it kind of like we talk about this connection with spirituality and and to your inner self and letting that be the guide I don't think anybody really needs the plant medicines although maybe maybe somebody needs a little kick in the butt right something <laughs> uh, but once you know that that's there it makes me look at people who like say they're a Christian but don't they're not Christ-like. Right. That's the, that, I could never be that way with this. Now that I believe in this, I am that. That's why I said I am DMT. It'd be like saying if I was a Christian, I am Christ-like. Yeah, right on. And you better believe it. If I'm a Christian, I am the mm -hmm. every, everything. But I am you have to feel that. You have yeah. to know that on a soul level. You just can't join a church, become a Christian and say, I'm Christ-like. Now you have to, it, it, all, it all shows in, uh, you know, in how you act and how you 
live your life, you know. And that when you when you talk about the idea of just oh love everybody, be accepting, you know, don't don't judge, don't do that. That's sometimes that itself is a projection. Absolutely. And it's not coming from that state of within. I mean, yeah. there are people that just want that is their role. You meet the sweetest people who just there's no part of them that wants to be critical or judge or negative. They let that's not their role on this earth. Mm -hmm. But some people, I think start projecting before they've learned or, or took that deep look within themselves. Well, and it's all a process too. You, maybe you go through that. I, I could say at one point in my life, I was kind of like that. Yeah. I've read these books. They kind of told me this is what I'm supposed to do. I, done, got, I, I donated all the books because I don't read books anymore. Um, I go on my own intuition. I don't, I don't want someone else's ideas. Now people might say, oh, you don't want to be books. Are you crazy? No, I just, I want to, I want to get my own, I want to write my own book. Not physically, but my life. I want to write my own book. Yeah. And um, if we, you know, if that's the only true way to authenticity, I believe. What if we all did that? Yeah. You know? Well, I've never read a book. <laughs> oh, look well, yeah, up! You're a good company. I've read a lot. I've read a lot. I am. I'm reading the Yoga Sutras right now. <laughs> Candace gave me the pocket edition, thank God, because I bought the big book. And then, hey, I'm not getting through the big book. Let me tell you, bro. I just keep rereading that first sutra. Yeah. They keep hinting at it. They're like, hey, if you get really good at this one, you don't need the other one. So oh, that's the one you want to get, right? Yeah. No, that's I'll not, read that one real closely. That's not putting down anybody that. Is reading the books or whatever. That's, that's cool. That's cool. But um, you know, I guess I've gotten to a point in my life, and I, right or wrong, I don't even think that's a question. It is yeah. what it is. And uh, I want, I want to tap into myself and to God and be guided from that knowing, rather than figure. If you're reading a book, I don't care. You know, you look back at the yogis that came from India. To bring yoga to the West, they were all womanizers and rapers, and yeah. I mean, they were weren't really good people. Why would I follow the guy who wrote this book about love and all this bullshit when they came over and just just destroyed people? You know. Now I'm not saying all. No, you're but, right. But at that time, that's what was going on. So if I'm reading yes. a book, that's cool. Maybe I get some ideas. But I'm also reading. Whoever wrote that book, I'm reading their ideas. Right. What if I just wanted to find my own ideas? You know, I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's just the way I roll. And and when I was talking about you become more like the people and all that, like that's why I would much rather come take your class than Mr. Bikram. Right. Right. You know this sad guru guy or whatever. Like I mean, I'm sure he's got great points. Sure, he's sure. knowledgeable. Yeah. All this, but. That's not my guy. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if my guy is considered the guru of all gurus. I want to be under people. It's like if I was on the battlefield, I am lining myself with people I would want to die for. Sure. Yeah. Not people who I think are good warriors. I would want to be under and next to and alongside the people that I believe in and, and want to be elevated by and and solely respect them. I know that everyone has their issues, you know, everyone's got their problems, their shortcomings, and and you can learn from that as well. But ultimately, that that's I really don't care about much else other than man, I think you're a good fucking person. Like that's what means a lot to me. But how did you 
how were you able to come to that knowing you had to go through all the people you knew yeah. you didn't resonate with or connect with? So even this, those experiences that were not in your in your mind, you know, authentic, they taught you what inauthenticity is. So now you know yeah. what authenticity is. So yeah. take somebody who no take somebody who doesn't have a good role model for a parent, mm -hmm. doesn't have teachers that they looked up to, doesn't have mentorship, they're not involved in the community, they're not at yoga, they're not at the martial arts gym, they're not doing that kind of stuff, they hate their boss, they hate their coworkers, they need somebody like you in their life. Mm -hmm. They need somebody that can kind of, and, and, and if it's not you, their version of that, right. right? They need that person that like, you know, they just don't feel like could ever do wrong in their eyes by that, you know. Where they, they feel safe. Yeah. Right? They understand them. And because it's hard because if you've never seen that pure mentorship, that pure respect, you lie for what, you know. Mm -hmm. You start to cover up sure. the, the, everyone's got it in their family, all that. Everyone has issues. So, Alexis is waving at the door. Yeah, hi, Alexis. <laughs> a little late, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I actually, man, there was something else I wanted to say about, about the yin that, that's cool. I was saying about you close your eyes and it's like the first time you spend time closing your eyes and exploring it. Mm -hmm. Yin, the gongs. And it can be scary. Psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you close your eyes and you just, you accept it. Well, psychedelics, yeah. even with your eyes open, they're closed, so. Yeah, I know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mine kind of like cross a little if they're open. <laughs> your eyes are crossed. Mine go like, uh, you know, like the, uh, the slot machines. Yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I was thinking about with, with in, in modern time, this class is one of the only times and what made this different than my own practice. If I'm in my house and I'm doing yoga and I wasn't doing a little DMT and I wasn't doing that, I was, yeah, I'm in a position, but I'm flipping through my phone. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm distracted. Right. We're so distracted. Yes, absolutely. And you're multitasking and you're doing other stuff and you're replying to texts like, to just come in here, to come into the studio and do a practice where everything else is gone and there's no access, nobody has access to you, you're there with yourself and you're in your own space. I like to get up in the front damn corner where I am just me. Yeah. I don't care if people are looking at me, but I don't want to be distracted. I'm too like easily distracted. Right, so, so there's that, nobody in front that if you do have your eyes open, yeah, you can see. It's a good practice. Sometimes I like to just pick a different spot to mm -hmm. do it, but like I like the idea of it's just me and getting comfortable with just exploring my own space, but knowing that we're all kind of on our own little magic carpet. You well, know? innately, I think that that's why so many people are drawn to yin. I don't think they know it. But to be able to connect with yourself without those distractions, that's your soul talking. That, that's you talking. This, this is what's real right here. It's not, the, you know, not necessarily the yin practice, but being spending that time with yourself um, for that hour, 15 minutes. That's, that's where we were born from, that space, right? So uh, that's the space of creation. That's it. It feels, whether we know it or not, it feels... Uh, it feels natural. 
You know, yeah. It feels familiar. When you clear all of that stuff that you're holding on to, when you talked about like just wanting to be connected to God or, or that, that whatever your sense of God is, I really think about the idea of when you strip it all down, when you're done being worked up about whatever you're worked up about, when you're done being the defense mechanisms that have been built into you that, that are a reaction to whatever, when you really strip it and you're not on your foot, you're not here, God comes out of you just like an animal. That the instinct right, right. that's in you, we are so, we don't, under, we don't have a strong relationship with that. And I think that is something like, where do these thoughts come from when the gongs are going? Because I've been there, you know, we didn't talk about it, but there have been people who were like, there was a lion sitting on my mat. I saw my daughter or my mom. I, and it's not like, hey, just sit there and imagine your mom. Right. It comes it to comes. you. And it doesn't come to you like when, like I said, it's not coming to you when you're driving. Well, it's just what we talked about in the beginning here about, you know, keeping things simple and not complicated, right? Yeah. So, you know, in a yin class, in a gong ceremony, it's as simple as it can be. It's you. That's it. It's you in your mind and the gongs or the yin practice, but ultimately it's you on your mat by yourself, with yourself, where there is no distraction. So what is that? That, that's perfect. It clears the space for what is us anyway, which is God. We are. We yeah. are that. You know. So it, it clears. It clears away all the cobwebs, and then we can see through the curtain. Oh, okay. It feels familiar. Yeah, and it's easy to get distracted by things that are less you in a yoga class, even. It's easy to get distracted by trying to breathe with your belly, trying to stabilize through the core, trying to tuck your pelvis this way, trying to have your toes this, you know, your heel this way, your foot exactly lined up to the ground and your pelvic, but it's so easy to get distracted well, by the other stuff. And that's why in my class, I don't discourage that, but I do encourage simplicity. So. You know, if we're doing, you know, neck rolls and I say, start inhaling back and then exhale this way. And I say, if you get the inhale and exhale mixed up, who cares? Just go with it, right? If you are on the mat and you're looking at your foot in warrior two, your back foot, and you can't feel that the outer edge of your foot is on the mat, but you keep looking because you want to make sure it looks right. You, you've missed the entire practice you've you've tarnished the entire practice yeah it's, it's not it's there are good guidelines but that's not what it's about yeah it's yeah interconnection and you know what i think it's also important you realize the way you treat yourself mm -hmm. how do you oh, react yeah, to the, yeah. the fact that you can't do it right. are you mad at yourself are you disappointed yeah. you can't i i think i like to to try yeah. to like laugh at the fact that i suck yeah. at some of it you know yeah how many times do you you're in a pose not you you yeah, yeah. stuff but like you know people in general where they get into a pose and it's like the the fifth time and they're like you idiot like yeah. how many times do we got to do this before you get it and you're like you turn into that that child right you yeah back to that child so yeah um yeah, laughing through it is the only way. But keeping it simple, like the, you, you can't get life wrong. You can't. Yeah. Even if you, you know, get it wrong and you end up in jail and you end up wherever, it's still not wrong. Yeah. You know, it's still it's just your path. Maybe you needed to experience these things to come back on top. Yeah. It, it's not wrong. Nothing's wrong. Now society has a habit of labeling things right wrong. 
Nothing's yeah. wrong. You're living, you live your life every day and you can't get it wrong. You can't. No, it, no, it, exa exactly, man. It just keeps going forward and yeah. whatever happened, happened. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, it is funny when you talk about the laughing thing. I don't trust gurus that sustain from fun and laughter. Right. And, and, right. And just, Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust people <laughs> that are just, like, I just, I get it. Some people are born differently, different cultures, but I know I, I, I really love the idea of just being able to have fun. But I think in that sense, what you just said about, you know, sitting, you know, you're supposed to sit a certain way, you know, where did they read that? Yeah. That's not coming from their heart, right? If, if I have to go to a yoga class and I have to sit like this, I always say sit up tall. If you're hunched over, then stay hunched over. You know, yeah. I'm not going to force you to do anything, but you know, when you have to stay rigid because that's what the book says, you've missed the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot of the wise people say that if it's uncomfortable, then that's a good sign to do it a different way. Right. Searching for something right. like comfort is a hell of a practice. Sure. Searching oh, for yeah. something like 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 enjoyment and mm -hmm. all that love, that is something good to search for. Sure. Um, we only have so much time. Right. Uh, you know, we'll do another five, ten minutes or something. Um, I, you know, when somebody first comes into Yin and they they go to do it, do you, what kind of like things do you like, like, what would keep somebody from wanting to go through it? Do they just want to get a workout? Do they want to? No, they, no, they don't. They know that my yin class is not a workout. It is on a very... People that are, are shy away from it just want to come to yoga to get a workout, is what I'm asking. That's, that's um, what I would say. Now, I don't know that to be fact, but okay. I would say that given the, the opportunity to go to a vinyasa hot, hot yoga class or a yin class, and you only have two days this week you can go to yoga, they want to they go to the workout. They want to yeah. get the workout in as they're doing the yoga, which is not wrong. No, but, it's great. I, but, I come to a lot of, I love it. But I, I will it. say that the people that, um, or anybody that ends up coming through the in class, when it's done, they get it. They're like, oh. Yeah. Because you know, when you tell somebody you're doing a meditative practice, it's basically an hour and 15 minutes of Postures holding for you know extended period of time, and you got to go into a meditative state. They're like, ah. you know, because what are you taught in meditation? All right, you got to sit like this, sit up tall, and you have to eliminate this out of your head and this, and go this way and that way. And then by the time you figure all that out, you don't even want to meditate anymore, right? So um, once they they take the class and they understand what it is and they feel how relaxed they are when they leave, then uh, they're, they, they start coming regularly, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You it's just, just a misconception. It, like anything, you don't know until you know. And right. if you've never done it and you've never been through it, it's easy to come up with a million reasons as to why you wouldn't like it or why you wouldn't see the benefit. Well, I think it also goes back to, you know, what are we taught in society? As a society, if you're not moving fast and and moving regularly, like rushing around, then you're not productive, you're lazy. Well, a yin class is basically a lazy practice. Yeah. So, you know, to go to a lazy practice, you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're programmed to believe that the, uh, the hustle and bustle is the way to success. 
I mm. believe the opposite. Now, I didn't know that. I didn't believe that my whole life. I just probably started believing that a couple of years ago because uh, I'm a little older now. But I get, you know, I understand that, you know, we gotta, we can relax our way places, or we can force our way places. I'd rather go relax in my way there. Yeah. Yeah. What would thirty-three-year-old Greg think of Greg now? Thirty-three-year-old um, Greg. I had no idea. I had three kids. Uh, young kids. I was married. Um, I I had no idea. Probably just like any other thirty-three-year-old that's married with kids and stuff, working. You know, um, I there, there is. I, I can't even imagine what he would say right now. You know, because he he would have no idea if I told him what I'm doing. You know, playing the gongs, doing yoga, going to Peru for ayahuasca. Um, he would he he wouldn't he wouldn't even register. It, there were, there was I was <laughs> I was so far from where I am now as as a person. You yeah. Know, um, you know, not I don't want to say the knowings that I have now. I was just on autopilot, like many you know thirty three year olds. But no, he he wouldn't even like he wouldn't even see me because we would be at totally different frequencies or whatever. You know what I mean? Like like he I wouldn't even be in his sight of vision. And if I was, he'd turn away because. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's never too late to know. It's right, never too right. late to start learning. It's never too late to figure more. And well, how are you? I'm 33. Yeah. See, that's that's, that's you know, you're like miles ahead of where I was. Now, that's not right or wrong for me. It's just that I had to go through all that stuff. Yeah. To get where I'm at now. Well, you know, kudos to you because you're on you're on the on the way. That's, There's that's still it. a lot of fixing to do. There's yeah, still a lot of things yeah. to curb. But um, I've had I've been very fortunate to have the life that I've had and to, to go down the paths I've had. And I've gone down them aggressively. I've taken a lot of risks. That I would never advise somebody. I don't to have do the things a hard that time believing that. I would never <laughs> advise. I don't think. I have met, I have been places where like my first thought was, well, nobody's ever been here before. And I don't know how I know it, but I know. <laughs> I know, dude. I just know. And uh, it's great for me. And I feel like as the leader of the types of things, like you talk about sometimes staying in frog pose for what, 30, 40 minutes, mm -hmm. right? And that is a wisdom that you bring to the table when you're having people do frog pose for five minutes. Right, right. So if I'm gonna be the guy that is sharing or explaining this stuff, I don't want them to come back at me with some stuff I haven't had to go through. Right. No, That's exactly. why the shamans go out in the jungle right. and, and, and spent six months just in that other state. Right. So it's just the way I am. I lead by the front line. If I'm ever going to teach somebody and go out there and have somebody coaching in, in a, in a jiu-jitsu match or combat sport, I better be the guy with hundreds of matches. Well, you're teaching, you right? would be teaching or doing whatever from experience, yes. not from the words in the book. I just like experiential. Go back to what we said before, right? I respect experiential knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely can sense the difference. And this is... This is not, and, and you know, I hate even being critical of anything because it's not something from here. I meet a lot of yoga instructors. I've been in these circles for a, a lot of years, sure. uh, just never too close. And you do meet the people who are yoga, but it's just their work. Right. And behind the scenes, they are not right. yoga. And they don't, they, they don't have to think like me. We don't have to have conversations right. about it. 
but but embodying it and experiencing it and the fact that you practice on your own and you do these things on your own to be a better guide, the work you put in outside of the, the class builds for a better class and you put a lot of effort into it. You think about the music you're gonna put, you, you, it's very, and and, and uh, I try to be like that. That's probably why, I, I mean, that's I mean, look, I gravitate towards a lot of instructors here. Uh -huh. But immediately, you were the first DN instructor I had. Yeah, and it was fascinating. And it was, yeah. I could just tell, like, I just appreciated the attention to detail, the passion, the trying, like, you know, what'd you say to me? I'm just trying to be the best yoga instructor I can be. Right. Trying to be the best yoga teacher <laughs> I can be. I'll tell you, I want to, this is something I want to end on. One time you yeah. said something to me about yoga. We both have yoga analogies. I always describe it as every time I come to the class, I'm back at the front of that damn forest and there's a never ending forest on the other end. <laughs> right. And that's why I say sometimes I like to take two or three classes in a row because I can keep exploring the forest. But even having to walk out and go to the bathroom, I walk back out of the forest a little But I like to just keep going and going so I can see the depths of the forest. I don't just want to go on this little three mile mm -hmm. hike every day. Right. I want to see what's in that forest. Yeah. And, and you have a good analogy of like, there's like going into the caves of yoga. Yeah, for yin. You know, yeah. If you think about like a vinyasa flow or an active flow, you know, you're running up the side of the mountain, right? Well, with yin, you just kind of think about the yin is actually, you're walking up the mountain, but you're going into each of the caves and you're exploring your way up the mountain. So it's just a, it is, it's a great analogy. Now, I got that from uh, someone on YouTube that I was watching a, a yin yeah. video. Travis Elliott, if everybody checks out uh, his yin videos, he's pretty good. But anyway, that's where I got that. Yeah, you, you get to a place, you accept it, and you go in deeper. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes you don't even choose to go in. You just go in. That's, that's where it's taking you, right? Yeah. Like you, might, you might think of something and um, not even consciously decide to, to check it out. But if that's where you're supposed to go at that moment, you're going to go there whether you decide to or not, right? Absolutely. Well, Greg, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say, but tell me. You I got have, a lot to say, but yeah, one we'll, of we'll, we'll yeah, yeah. um, Your Instagram handle is Warriors Alchemy Yoga. Warrior Alchemy Yoga. Is it Warriors? Warriors, Warriors yeah. Warriors, Warriors Alchemy, Alchemy Yoga. Yoga. I love that name. That that was something I knew before I knew you. I saw that name. I was like, yeah, that's a cool name. Um, we're at Yoga Centric. Come on out. Yeah, I bet a lot of people come out. Yeah, I know because you brought the whole uh, jujitsu community here. Oh, yeah. yeah, they love good. it. Everybody oh, loves it. Great. It is. It's cool. I so, couldn't imagine not doing it now that I started. It. Right. I think I'm going to just keep coming to classes forever. Well, you could probably put a, a, a cot back in because you're good enough. Right? So yeah, it's about to be busy time of work season, but yeah, yeah. in the winter, man, in like the wow. fall, winter, and early spring, Beautiful, I can right? just I can just come in a lot. So now, I mean, I'm still going to be in. But yeah, you're not going to miss it. Man. Yeah, you're going to be out in the summer, but yeah. you're going to be working. Yeah. Outside, but I will tell you this: something that, that yoga classes. Up, I think about everything the way I think about approaching a flow, a class, or whatever. My work day, the way I move, uh -huh. and that I try to be more yin-like or more yes. balanced, yes. more relaxed, more comfortable in everything I do. Well, just like when I when we're holding a pose, like an active pose, say an active twist and you actively have to hold that pose using your muscles. But I'll, I always say, you can hold the pose, but not hold the tension. Yeah. So you can still relax your body as you're holding the pose, right? But we get all tensed up, just you know, wanting to hold it. We can just, we can just like relax into it. 
What about, it's like sitting in your car. If you're uncomfortable sitting in your car, make it a yoga pose. Yeah, take it, take it. Figure it out. Just let it bleed away. Yeah. 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 Well, what's, just reverse engineer this shit. What am I doing that's <laughs> making this uncomfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Why does this feel bad? I can make it feel all right. It's not that crazy of a position. Right, right. I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, it's Thank been you, fun. Mike. We'll talk again. Peace. See y'all. Thank you.